Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Tom Schwab. Thanks for being on the show, Tom. Whitney, I am thrilled to be here. In this noisy digital world, you can't break through the noise. You just add to it. Instead, you need to get in on the conversation where your ideal customers are already listening. As a Navy veteran who ran nuclear power plants and an inbound marketing engineer, Tom Schwab has a refreshingly unique approach. He focuses on a time-proven strategy, then supercharges it with today's technology and podcast interview marketing. He's an author, a speaker, a teacher. Tom helps you get get more traffic, leads, and raving customer fans being interviewed on targeted podcasts. Tom, you know, thanks again for your time being on the show. Give the listeners a little more about who you are and what you do, and then let's get into it. Well, I'm Tom Schwab. I'm the CEO of Interview Valet, and I always hate that term, Chief Executive Officer, so I made it Chief Evangelist Officer. I'm here evangelizing for the podcast ecosystem, for our clients, for anybody that can leverage podcasts in this. Harvard University called it the golden age of podcasting. I live in Kalamazoo, Michigan, proving that you can do a podcast from anywhere. And we've got a team of 16. They are all based in the U.S., but not everybody wants to live in Michigan with me. I'll stay in the South, but uh, thanks anyway. Tom, a lot of people are trying to get on shows now, right? They're trying to get on on podcasts. And, you know, obviously, you know, everybody wants to get their message out, right? You know, brand awareness and all that. Maybe you could speak to the listener right now who's, who's wondering why that's necessary and why we should pursue that, you know, getting on podcasts. And let's get into maybe some some good ways of, I guess, the better ways of, of approaching podcast guests, you know, or better ways to get on shows, some good techniques, bag techniques that are used, and we'll go from there. Sure. And it's exposure brings opportunity, right? So that's why you want to do it. So if you know somebody like by the name of Whitney that has access to thousands of people that love them, that listen to them each week, wouldn't you want to talk to somebody like that and have all of his fans listen in? So it's that whole thing of a digital stage, right? How can you get on more stages and get introduced? So with that, a lot of people forget what they were taught in kindergarten and they go back to the worst of digital marketing, right? I always joke that I get pitched probably once to twice a day to be on my podcast. And Whitney, every pitch is the same. You know, dear Tom, we love your podcast and would love to be a guest on it. The only problem is I don't have a podcast, right? They're they're just robo pitching me. I'm on somebody's list and nobody likes cold pitches, right? If you're going to lie to me, tell me I'm pretty. Don't tell me you you like my podcast. So with that, Put yourself in the host's shoes, right? What do they want? People want to have people on their podcast that are their friends, friends of friends, or people they'd want to be their friend. So don't start off with a cold pitch, right? Uh, Go out and become friendly with them. And how can you do that? Well, every podcaster listens to ratings and reviews. So if you listen to the podcast, like it, leave them a rating and review. They will notice who you are. Connect with them on social media. Share their stuff on social media. Build that relationship. You know, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about jab, 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 right hook. I probably missed a couple jabs on that too. I always say serve, 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 ask. 
So leave them a rating and review, share their stuff, be part of the community. Then you can reach out and say, I, you know, I appreciate the podcast. I enjoyed this episode. This is something that I think that I could offer your community. I could add value. There's a podcaster called Doug Sandler, DJ Doug on the Nice Guys on Business podcast. And I love something he said. He's like, you don't have to promote yourself on the podcast. If you do a good job, I'll promote you better than you ever could. So when you do that, when you reach out to podcasts, think about how you can serve with them. And then the other thing too is, you know, content is king, but context is God. So don't just reach out to all 600,000 podcasts out there. Find out which ones have your ideal listeners in it and then reach out to them and just start small, knowing that if you do a good job at the end of the podcast, you can ask that host, uh, do you know if anybody else that I'd be good on a podcast with? Podcasters know podcasters. And if you do a good job on the first show and they introduce you to two more and they tell two friends and so on and so on, you'll get your dance card filled quickly enough. That's some great advice. And I can relate to that as well. Obviously, you get numerous requests for people being on the show, some good, some not so good. But I really liked it. You, know, you said start by leaving a rating and review and then uh, sharing their posts online, being part of the community. I can relate to that as well. I have people that, who have done that and, you know, and then later have asked to be on the show or, or they've connected some other way or, I, or, you know, by the way, they, by what, how they provide value in our group, I see, okay, you know, they would be qualified to be on the show. And then I may ask them before they even ask me. We've got an infographic we call it the nine secrets to getting booked on your first podcast. I'll, I'll put that up in, in the, the show notes and everything we talk about. It'll just be at interviewvalet.com forward slash syndication. I'll put that. You look at those and go, well, a lot of those are common sense. Yes, they are, but they're not commonly used. And if you use those secrets, you'll get on more podcasts than you will just trying to robo email. Tom, what, what do you find the best way, like to find podcasts that uh, are going to have listeners that are going to connect with you the best? Yeah. And our algorithm really looks at four things. And a lot of people will just stop at the podcast, right? So the first thing we look at is the podcast itself. So do they have the right type of listener? You know, it could be a great podcast, but if it doesn't relate to what you're talking about, it'll never mesh there. So we'll look at things like ratings and reviews. We'll look at how many episodes they have. You know, one of, the, one of the sad facts is that most podcasts die within the first 10 episodes. So you may not want to be episode number four when they stop paying the Libsyn bill at number five, the hosting bill. So make sure that you look at one that's a little bit more established with that. The other thing we look at is the website. Remember that every time you're on a podcast interview, they're going to link back to your website. So you look at um, how powerful that link is. We've got some clients that do it just for the backlink. And, you know, if you ask them, hey, would you rather be on Tim Ferriss's podcast or the Kalamazoo Valley Community College podcast? They'd probably say, give us the one with the .edu backlink because it's worth a lot more. The next thing to look at is the social media, right? How much are they promoting this either to their email list or their social media? We've got some clients that say, hey, I'm trying to build my Instagram following. Well, we'll find them podcasts that have a bigger Instagram following. And then finally, we always look at experience with previous guests. Now, you don't get to see this uh, always, but uh, you know, some podcasts just always convert well and other ones never convert well. And one of the overarching things is, are they having a discussion or are they just reading off the same questions? 
the ones that are having a real discussion like we are here, those always tend to convert better. I appreciate that. But I wanted to actually, can you explain that a little bit? You say convert, you know, somebody that's listening may not understand what, what you mean by when you say uh, convert well. Uh, sure. So with that, it's an interview is the fuel, right? So you can go on and have great fuel, but does that convert into real business results? So if you're just going on a podcast for an ego thing, well, that's a hobby, but are you actually turning it into visitors to your website? Are you turning it into leads? Are you turning it into paying customers? And our, our studies have shown that podcast interviews convert 25 times better than blogs. And really, it's, you know, if somebody um, listens to you on a podcast, they get to know you. And one of the things that, you know, pull in behind the curtain, one of the things that we find that works best to convert people from being a passive listener to an active visitor to your site to an engaged lead is giving them different ways to say yes. So for example, the nine secrets to get booked on your first podcast, that's a small yes. I mean, that's, that's a, a reason to go back to the website. Another one that I always use is, you know, I wrote a book, Podcast Guest Profits, How to Build Your Business with the Targeted Interview Strategy. You can buy it on Amazon. It sells well on Amazon, but I give more of those away. And so on every podcast interview, I say, if you want a free download of the copy, just go back once again to that welcome page, interviewvalet.com forward syndication and everything you know we talk about and the free download for the book is there too. So trying to think, how can you move people from just being a passive listener to an active visitor and ultimately an engaged lead? Yeah, that's the whole reason, right? To engage with them. Yeah, and provide value. So, you know, help us to be better prepared when we're, okay, now, you know, now we've met that host, we've got a time slot scheduled. What's the best way for us to be as prepared as possible for that interview? Oh, yeah, you definitely want to listen to a few of the podcasts, right, to give the sense of what is it? Is this a, is this an NPR style podcast? Is it a comedy podcast? Whitney, is that a she or a he? That would be an important thing to know before you go on the podcast, but yet, I have seen people that mess up the podcaster's name or who they're talking to, and you don't want to do that. There's nothing like walking on stage in Cleveland and saying, hello, Columbus. Nothing will ruin your credibility more than that. So make sure that you prepare for that. Another thing that we give all of our clients, and I share this also, there's a checklist. Checklists are written in blood. Make sure there's somebody else's blood, right? Uh, learn from other people's mistakes. So go through that. And, you know, little things like uh, the checklist is turning off your phone. It sounds stupid, but I can't tell you how many podcast interviews I listen to. And all of a sudden you hear their phone going off in the background or this checklist that we give everybody. And I'll put that on the same page there, turning off your Dropbox syncing. I learned that I was on a podcast interview one time and somebody sent me a video that I'd been waiting for. I was so happy to get it, but not during a podcast interview. The video started to download and my bandwidth went bad and the audio went bad on it too. So little things like that, uh, you know, just learn from other people's. And I'll put that, uh, that checklist on that same page of interviewvalet.com forward slash syndication. Wow. That's some great, you know, in that page you're, you're talking about, I hope listeners will go to that. Tom, when you I always wonder too, I'd like your opinion about this. When, when a host asks, you know, tell us a little about your story, tell us who you are. How much of that do you want to hear then? How much should we be prepared to tell about ourselves to, you know, get people engaged in us? But however, you know, they can't take half the show talking about themselves, right? 
it's, it's that question of, you know, how long should a rope be? Just as long as you need and no longer than that. And that's one of the things when we work our, with our clients, they've got like this bio for the host to read. And this thing is like a thousand words. It's really neat that I live in Lawton, Michigan on six and a half acres. And we have two miniature donkeys called Frodo and Sam, right? But does that have anything to do with what we're talking about? Does it add value? So the question I always ask is, does this add value? Is this on the topic of there? And sometimes things come out other ways, but I always try to say, whatever you do to introduce yourself, make sure that it makes you interesting, memorable, and that it adds value there too. And one of the things we have to work with our clients sometimes with is coaching them, right? So we've worked with some people that have been on national television and on national television, you've got two to three minutes for your entire segment. So they're used to answering questions in like 30 second sound bites. And it's like, no, this is a podcast. You need to stretch it out a little bit longer than that. But then there's other people that are used to doing keynote speeches where they hand them the microphone and they talk for an hour. And it's like, no, you've got to shorten that up a little bit because this is a discussion between you and the podcast host. So uh, one of the things I love is having the video on because sometimes you can see the host's reaction. Even if they don't use the video, to be able to see them if they're trying to get a word in or if they're just starting to glaze over too. Is it time to be quiet and wait for the next question? Hmm. That's an important tip right there. That's hard. It's hard even as a host sometimes to, uh, I guess, cut them off at the proper time, right? You know, so it's a, it's a smooth transaction, you know, into the next question. But, you know, I was, I was pleased to have you on, Tom, and I, and I hope the listeners are paying attention because Tom's an expert at getting people on the right shows and getting you interviewed. And it's important that, you know, as in the syndication business that we're connecting with lots of people, right? We're meeting investors and we're talking to lots of people in this business. So people know who you are and you let more people know about what you're, you're doing. You got to have some kind of either thought leadership platform or your own. And, and I know a lot of guys who are, instead of having their own podcast, they go and just try to be interviewed as many times, you know, as, as they can on other shows. And that works too. So, but in that, in, you know, in the, in the meat of the show, I'd like your opinion, Tom, you know, as far as the questions that are asked, or maybe even like some shows have fire rounds and whatever, they, they have all kinds of different names, right? But, you know, what's your opinion about just standard questions, uh, you know, or should we have a few standard questions or, or a fire round? Or, you know, is that something that listeners are by and large, you know, they look forward to that fire round or oh, no, you know, I don't want to hear that again. I think it's got to have a theme. It's got to have to have a structure to it. If I watch 60 Minutes every Sunday night and it was different every Sunday, it'd be confusing. But every guest there doesn't get asked the same questions. And I always say the best podcasts are like sitting down at a Denny's and listening to the two people behind you. And, you know, it'd be rude to turn around and watch them or it'd be rude to get in on the conversation, but you just want to listen to it. It's interesting. And I think those are ones that aren't scripted questions right? It's a follow-up. It's a dialogue between people. Now, there can be a fun question that you ask everybody. That's great. I've always struggled with some of those podcasts that ask the same five or six questions. And I've been on over 1,200 podcast interviews now. And there are some where I think no matter what I answered this question with, they would say, great, and just go on to the next one. If they asked my favorite book and I answered with my favorite dessert, they would say, great, and just go on to the next one. I scratch my head sometimes going, did they even listen? That's funny. That's funny. And, and I agree. So I, I've had a, a couple of guests. You know, we've done over 200 shows now. 
And I've had just a couple who have said like, no, you know, I really want these questions asked like, you know, just like this. And I find those shows are so clunky, right? You know, it's so, you know, they don't want me to ask any question outside of those questions and probably shouldn't have even agreed to do the show, you know, but, but anyway, you're first getting started, you know, you want as many guests as possible, right? But I agree, you know, I, I like having just the conversation because it allows me to think of the questions at the time when you're talking that possibly the listeners are having as well. Yeah, it's supposed to be a conversation, not a deposition. Yeah. I know I've kind of gone back and forth from the being on the show to being the host and just your take on it. But as far as getting on more shows, you know, how can you help us as far as being either prepared or being on more shows so we can, you know, promote our brand better? Yeah. And I don't think it's an either or, right? It's not, should I be a podcast host or should I be a podcast guest? I think there's benefit to doing both of those, right? I've just taken the guest route because I find it a whole lot easier right? Anybody that says doing a podcast is easy has either never done it or never done it well. Whitney just makes it look easy. So with that, I would just say, you know, our biggest problem, every one of us is exposure, right? We're obscure. There's thousands of people, millions of people that we could help with our current product or service. The only problem is they don't know we exist. We're obscure to them. So what can you do to get in front of them? And so that maybe that means, you know, going and speaking at the local rotary. Maybe uh, it means getting more stages. Maybe it means starting your own podcast. For me, the easiest way has always been speaking, right? If you ask me to write a blog, it's a homework assignment. I'll find other things to do before that. But I like speaking with people. So to get on these digital stages and podcasts works really well for me. And also from an introvert standpoint, there's a lot of people that say, I don't want to get up in front of lots of people and talk. Well, it's easy. Would you talk to one person on the phone or through video? They're like, yeah, that's great. Well, okay, you can talk to that one person and be able to get heard by thousands and tens of thousands of people throughout time. So I think the biggest thing that we have to get over is that we've got something that could help the world. You know, what, whatever you have could help a lot of people. They just don't know it exists. So it's never been easier today to get that out. Write a blog, do a video do a podcast, be a guest on a podcast, but do something to help people out there because what you do can definitely help people. So what's been the hardest part of, of podcasting for you or, or just, you know, your business model, exactly, you know, getting people on shows, what's the hardest part of, of being interviewed? To me, it's uh, the preparation and the setup and not even that of, of even finding the right podcasts, right? Because there's right now, there's over 600,000 podcasts. Getting on a show is not a problem. Getting on the right show that makes a difference and then actually turning that interview into business results, I think that's the magic and that's the hard part because when, that, when people say, wow, you've been on 1,200 podcasts, I'm a little embarrassed on that, right? Because of those, probably two-thirds of them, I got to talk with the nice people, but it did nothing to move the, the needle. And as I look at it, our most valuable resource that all of us have is time, right? So make sure that whatever time you're investing serves a lot of people and serves you also. So to me, it's really that. And follow a system. It's been done before. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You can go and figure out the same system that we use with that book. I share all of that in there. Or if you find out that say, hey, you know, thanks for giving me the cookbook, but I would rather just eat at the restaurant. Well, we can help you there too. And that, that's what Interview Valet is. That's the done for you service where you're the guest and we take care of the rest. Nice. And how do you track those business results? Yeah, that's a great question. And 
one of the things uh, that is, is really great is that when we talked about that, we call them welcome pages. So interviewvalet.com forward slash syndication. I know if anybody hits that page that they came from this, right? So we were able to attribute the leads. We can look at the traffic to that page so we know what it came from. Depending what marketing system you're using, you can tag all the leads that come in there. So you know what leads came from where, which ones led to leads, which one led to customers, which were your biggest customers there. So it's a lot easier from that standpoint uh, than other digital marketing. So it's that way. Some people will even ask, you know, conversations they have or investors or clients, hey, where did you first find out about us? And maybe they'll know the name of the podcast. Maybe they'll just know, you know, I heard you on a podcast. Now it's, it's funny. Sometimes people will come and I'll ask them, where did you find out about a podcast? And they'll mention a show that was done years ago. And I have to go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a, that was a great podcast. And I'm trying to remember, what did I talk about two or three years ago? But for them, if they just heard it, it's fresh, it's evergreen content. And I'm thrilled if what I talked about brought them back to have a conversation. Yeah, a couple of things, uh, and before we run out of time, what are a couple of things that made the best podcasts stand out to you for, as being from the interviewee standpoint and the listener standpoint? Sure. Being real and being raw, move beyond your, your talking points. If it looks like you're reading off of a list, that doesn't resonate. The other thing I've come to realize is that we get to work with people, right? We get to choose our customers. I always go back and one of the worst pieces of business advice I ever got was from my grandfather. And it's the only wrong thing that old Irishman ever told me. You know, I was 17 years old going away to the Navy and he told me, choose carefully who you drink with because you can't choose who you work with. And for him, that was true, right? His customers, he owned a a, a service station. If you lived within 10 miles of him, you were a customer. For us now, we can work with people throughout the world. So I just want to be real. If people like me and resonate with me, that's great. I want to work with them. But doesn't mean I have to please everybody. I always say on, on podcasts, there's three types of people that hear me. The first group say, Tom is an idiot. I don't disagree with them, right? But I can tell you one thing that we would not work well together. The other ones go, wow, what Tom has and talked about, that was interesting. But it's not, I'm not ready for that right now. That's fine. And then the third group is the ones that are like, wow, you know, what he has to offer is great. Interview Valet works with people like me. They've got a system. They've got a process. I want to work with him. Those are the kind of clients that you want coming to you. At the end of the day, none of us need more leads, right? You can't eat a lead. We want more customers. We want clients. We want long-term relationships. And I really think that getting out there, getting on those digital stages and, and letting people get to know who you are, those are how you're going to attract the best customers. What's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? It can't be my good looks, right? I've got a face for podcasting. I think it's just having the courage to go out there and tell the story. We live in a world of abundance today. Abundant choices, abundant calories, abundant customers. You think about it. It used to be that we were fighting over these limited number of customers that could drive to our store. And now we could get investors and syndication from around the world. So from that standpoint, we just got to get out there and get known by them and figure out what works best for you. And for some of it with me was getting beyond just how many times I say, um, or, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm not a polished speaker, but I'm real. And this is who I am. So just getting beyond that for me was a big thing. I can relate to that. 
a lot personally, for sure. I'm not a polished speaker by no means. Every listener knows that. However, we're getting better every day. You know, you have to start every, have to start somewhere. I probably should listen to more of my podcast interviews, but a lot of people will say, well, I don't like the way I sound. Well, you don't have to listen to all your interviews, right? My bride listens to most all of my interviews and she only once gave me a uh, hard criticism. She's like, could you stop calling them great, great, great grandchildren? They're wonderful grandchildren. When you call them great grandchildren, it makes us sound really, really old. And Tom, before we have to go, tell the listeners how you like to give back. Sure. And so if anything here resonated with you, if there's anything that I can do for you, just come back to that page, interviewvalet.com forward slash syndication. If nothing else, you can see what a welcome page looks like. And everything that Whitney and I talked about will be there. It'll be that infographic, the nine secrets to getting booked on your first podcast interview, the free download for the book, Podcast Guest Profits, the checklist that we talked about, and then there'll all be my social media there. Do you want to get in touch with me, see how we could help you? I would love to talk with you. Great, great. Tom, you've provided such great value to the listeners. I know hopefully we've encouraged them to reach out, to get interviewed and, and learn how to do that professionally and on the correct shows to get the most conversions, right? So Tom, thank you again for your time. I really appreciate being on the show. I hope the listeners will connect with Tom. I hope you'll connect with me at LifeBridge Capital and also go to the Facebook group. And then we'll, we will talk to each of you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show, brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate, while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.